0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Paper Pencil Podcast Season 2. I am Swar the host of this show and this is a place where I get to have lovely conversations with people from the art world. Now, if you enjoy listening to this episode, do consider subscribing to the podcast and tell your friends about the show. Uh, You can also follow us on Instagram to stay updated on the upcoming episodes. The page name, of course, is Paper Pencil Podcast. Now, let's talk about today's guest. So, a few days or weeks back, I saw this new picture book, uh, The Best Kind of Moonkey. All right. I absolutely fell in love with the illustrations. The characters look so unique and relatable. Uh, The color palette was amazing. The environment, uh, you know, it reminded me of a few Chinese movies I've watched at least 10 times when I was in school. Uh, You know, something like a Kung Fu Hustle starring Stephen Chow. um, Shaolin Soccer, also starring Stephen Chow. So, of course, I happen to be a fan. Uh, You know, a very British-occupied Hong Kong sort of uh, an environment, right? And that's what I found in this book as well. Uh, So, yeah, this book, uh, The Best Kind of Mooncake, is written and illustrated by Pearl Ouyang. She is an illustrator based in LA and uh, she happens to be from, you know, Shanghai, Singapore and a whole bunch of places in Asia. So we'll of course get to know about that. Um, she is also a toy designer apart from being an illustrator so you know I I really wanted to know uh, what a toy designer really does thought that would be an interesting conversation she also plans to do a pickle tasting tour around the world Uh, more on that later but Pearl welcome to the paper pencil podcast and thank you for agreeing to have this chat with me and before I begin uh, you know I I would like to say I love your name Pearl what a beautiful name
1: Hi, thank you for having me here, Swar. Yes, um my name is Pearl. I am my parents are from Hong Kong, but I was raised in Shanghai and now I live here in LA.
0: Perfect. Nice. And and before we begin, you know, I just have to let you guys know the listeners that you know, today of course out of all the other days has been a very difficult for recording this episode because we tried it I think for the last 15 to 20 minutes we've tried different links uh, somehow things did not work out so I really hope fingers crossed this works out but yeah per, we will um, persevere yes we will persevere exactly that's what <laughs> Asians do right we, we kind of to <laughs> do that at the end of the day but <laughs> yeah
1: let's talk about that in relation mm. to our art
0: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> And making it in LA for that matter. But anyway, so I know a few (laughs) things about you, you, uh, you, as you said, you grew up in Asia, and then I think you you went to Rhode Island as well for your Mm -hmm. design. Uh, You Mm -hmm. became a toy designer, you did your own books, I love your character design. So let's begin the story. Uh, Pearl, uh, you know, tell me about your journey. So where did it all begin? So up to you, you want to start from Hong Kong, you want to start from anywhere, Uh, over to you.
1: Yeah, so I was, as I said, I was um, raised in Shanghai, so politically I was raised in mainland China, mm-hmm. and I was considered a foreigner, actually, when living in mainland China, because I was born the year that um, Hong Kong was returned to China from the British, mm-hmm. and just because of such a long time of political separation... um these two places, Hong Kong and the rest of China were considered different. And so my parents moved to China as expatriates. So I went to an American school growing up where we weren't allowed to speak our our um, natural native languages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were only allowed to speak English because it was seen as threatening. Um, but in these international schools, I had lots of friends from India, a lot from yeah. America, a lot of Chinese friends as well. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of black students there, mm-hmm. not a lot of black families, um, but I did get to meet a whole bunch of people from all over the world. Um, and I think that my journey started from a place of intense anger, actually. Oh. Um, a lot of my projects actually start from a lot of anger. So. I think as a child you know when you're bullied for being different um mm, right. uh, in my own country i we were still um called racist asian slurs by our white american classmates oh. um and we were taught to be very ashamed of our names and our culture our language our food and then as i grew up after internalizing all of that hatred myself i learned like that it was really cool also and that my my own last name is also really interesting and cool it's a it's a two-word last name mm-hmm. which is very unique in my language um and then so i kind of learned to take pride in it a little bit later on in life i'm still young but um and so from that i learned to be so angry about colonization and mm-hmm. the impacts of that and as so far as an indian exactly. i feel like you totally understand that exactly. makes me so incredibly angry that i feel like the whole rest of the world that was colonized by the british are very proud of their native culture and their native Mm. people and they're like yes we want independence and hong kong seems like the one exception where for some reason it seems like they want to be colonized again um and so I kind of had all these feelings growing up in China, but knowing that I was from another country, like fake other country, I Mm -hmm. guess, could be another country. But then also just being so confused about who I actually am and what it means to be Chinese, what it means to be from Hong Kong. And then I went to college in Rhode Island, like you said, Suar, in the US. Um, And at that art school, I really learned how to, um, and I was also given the ability to question All of these systems I was brought up in when I was living in China and going to an American school, I wasn't allowed to question these things. Mm -hmm. Um, It was seen as rude, you know, Um, and maybe too rebellious. So when I finally had the opportunity to do that, I. That alongside with the fact that my family just always told me fun stories growing up of their childhoods and, you know, when parents age, they just want to talk about their childhoods more. So I kind of combined all of that and I took a class on picture books my final year of college. And the professors, there were two professors, um, mm-hmm. they're amazing, terrific people, and they really guided me through this process. Every week, we would write a story and provide wow. a sample illustration. Yes, it was a lot of work. Yeah, RISD every is, week. And were these stories yes.
0: like really long or like short stories?
1: They were all children's book stories. So the standard would be 32 pages. Um, right. and that's including the title, the copyright, right, the pages sixteen and spreads, the
0: usual, the sixteen yeah. spreads sort of a thing. Sixteen yeah.
1: spreads. So I learned how to set up a document and just learned how to pace myself. Mm. So wow. I probably wrote maybe like around seven stories that semester, wow. and then wow. with each story, you also have to provide a sample final illustration. Right. Um, and because it was such intense, um, mm-hmm. just so much work constantly, you just learn how to. Find methods that work for you mm, and then just mm, go. Mm. Um, now that isn't I'm no
0: longer in school, I not uh, Isn't it also because I've you know, um, I have, I have spoken to a few other, your, your, this point kind of uh, reminds me mm-hmm. of uh, somebody else I had spoken to in season one of this podcast. And even they said that, you know, when they went to art school, uh, just the whole rigor of, and, and like we said, like, mm. you know, the word perseverance, like the whole rigor of doing uh, <laughs> things, uh, you know, just on repeat,
2: over and over. Again. Of, uh,
0: yeah, exactly. And like you said, you kind of mm-hmm. uh, figure out the shortest way or the quickest or the most efficient way to sketch yes. or illustrate something. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think mm-hmm. that also leads to your style? Develops your style? Um,
1: probably. I think it forced me to stop. Stop caring, uh, whether or not something is perfect when mm. you're still working on it. You know, I think that's one of the hardest parts of being, being an artist. And given that you're self-taught, I don't know how old were you when you first started considering art as a career. As
0: far, oh, that that would be, I think, uh, twenty-six.
2: I think. Oh my goodness!
0: 26? Yeah, yeah. Wow! So, so I've been sketching yeah. forever. So I've been sketching since mm-hmm. I was, a, you know, little kid in Calcutta, three years or two mm-hmm. years old. So I've been sketching wow. forever. But um, you know the whole idea, and again, like you know, uh, I don't know how it was probably in in China when you were growing up. Uh, at least in mm-hmm. India, at least when I was growing up, now things are changing or have changed. Uh, you know art probably was not, I'm talking about the 90s, art yeah. was probably not the best or the most lucrative career that a parent yeah. would be okay sending
1: exactly. their
0: kids to. Uh, yeah. They would be like, okay, you know, become an engineer or a doctor. And that's, again, a very yeah. thing. No,
1: same. That's a very same, same thing. thing,
0: yeah.
1: Okay, we're still healing from post-war <laughs> and colonization. So we're exactly. still going through it. Um, I know I, I talk about this with my parents a lot too I'm like how did you how are you okay with me going to art school because it seemed like mm. all the other parents around my parents were not okay with that mm. or like my classmates were teasing me for it and so I was always like how come you guys are like not worried at all I know my parents are really special and um, everything that I do I totally owe it to them and also to God Um, but without their support and Mm. just without their belief in me that i i don't even know why they believe in me like this i wouldn't be able to have done well in college and then done a book and then just continue moving on in my life and getting a job and stuff like that so Mm. i all of this is from that i think that and a good family support is really um the backbone of all of that but going back to what you were saying about repetition and practice that's also um A very old school way of Mm -hmm. um of thinking of how to become a master at something. I think. Um I don't know if it's like this in India, but in China, if you're training to do art, you go to art classes and everyone's just drawing the same Roman bust. Yeah.
2: yeah, Alexander
1: or something, some God, and everyone's stuff looks the same, you're using the same pencil. Right. Um but it does help, um, it, unfortunately it does help. However, the skills that that teaches you are, it's all based on like very old Western values of what mm-hmm. good art is, right? Okay.
2: Um,
1: and that's why I chose to do illustration because I feel like illustration brings art back to the people and mm-hmm. it doesn't belong in a museum. Mm-hmm. I feel like in museums, you feel like you can't touch the art. If you don't understand the art, then that's embarrassing. Right. Um, you have to be so highly intellectual to go to a museum. And you can't, you can't interact with it. And you have to be so quiet but with illustration. You can buy it for cheap. You can touch it. You can produce it. Right. You can share it with people. And that's something that's absolutely beautiful about that. And that does affect the way that I draw. Um, I do enjoy fine art. However, yeah. it also makes me really depressed, I think, like thinking about themes that are valued in fine art. Um, and so that does, it did come to effect the way I illustrate. Um, and yes, at RISD, I think the amount, the sheer workload is what um, helped me hone in my style. And mm-hmm. everyone distinctly has a distinct style. I actually have no idea what mine is. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I think I do every artist. Is
0: I, like I that. know I, I know that conversation, yes, but yeah. I not see a style. I, you know, whenever I look at your work, and in fact, like I'm looking at it right now, uh, you know, there is a certain style I see, and and probably for me, uh, that's mostly to do with your at least with the new book, because I've seen a lot of your, you know, at least <laughs> the <laughs> illustrations that are available online from Mooncake. Um, I do see a, a certain way that you do the eyes and the jawline. For me, that is a classic call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that I think is, and also I think I see a lot of representation in terms of skin tone in your illustrations, which I think is probably a very conscious Mm. choice. I I would
1: actually like to talk about that. I feel like once you get your hands on this book, Swar, you might be, if you take more time to look at it, you might see that I have drawn Sikh men, some Mm. Muslim women in the background as well, because... The book is about Hong Kong in the 60s. So Mm -hmm. this is a time when there are a lot of immigrants coming from all over the world. People like we have Russians coming down. We have Pakistani um, Mm -hmm. being brought up by the English colonizers. We have people from all over um, China as well. Um, And so I wanted to make sure that unfortunately the way things are in Hong Kong to this day are that these immigrants from India, Pakistan, Muslim immigrants, are also not treated as people from hong kong even if they've lived there their entire lives mm-hmm. um the us has its problems with racism
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but at the same time Asia it seems has.
0: like Come on. oh yes has. exactly we, we don't talk about just... it as much because exactly don't that's what i want to say We do have, yeah my god even in exactly. india my god
1: colorism is a huge issue as well like i was just going to say that the us has its problems in racism but I also see that people are actually talking about it Mm, and making an effort to change things, whereas we're not in Asia. And that's the thing about Hong Kong. Um, Like you have all these kids who are from different Mm. ethnic backgrounds, but they grew up in Hong Kong and they are from Hong Kong, Mm. but they don't see themselves as being from there because no one treats them like they are. And they're just not accepted. And I just, they, they exist out there and whenever we see drawings or photos of mm-hmm. hong kong mm-hmm. even in the stephen chow movies like you mentioned yeah you don't see those people at I, all in yeah, they're yeah. there. now that you say it they makes are, sense yeah yeah mm. exactly so i wanted to make sure that even if there's a few of them because they are a minority they still they're still there you know and i i don't want it to look like a, a utopia where people are colorblind either oh, yeah. um but i just wanted to make sure that if If this book ever makes it to a bookstore in Hong Kong, if there are Indian immigrants or Pakistani immigrants Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong who get their hands on this book, that they can see some of themselves there, too. Yeah,
0: that's 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 so cool. That's so cool. And, you know, um, to be honest, uh, uh, because, uh, again, my idea of Hong Kong is very limited to, let's say, you know, a few uh, movies that i have seen of course and of course you know a few mm-hmm, political mm-hmm. articles that i've read about you know uh, uh Hong yeah. Kong and how recently as well you know how things have been over mm-hmm. there but uh you know when you said uh in your book uh, in this one there's a Sikh there's a Sikh person in the background mm-hmm. in Hong Kong for me it was a very very new thing because i i honestly cannot imagine because you, you don't, don't picture it the, exactly even in yeah. the movies that you mentioned uh you know uh, the few i've watched. Uh, Again, they were in the colonial times, so I would imagine that's around, you know, based in nineteen sixties, seventies, Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I do see the dressing sense which you have captured in your book as well. I, I do have to give you mm-hmm. for that, the, the architecture and all of those things. But I I have never seen any Indian for that matter in those backgrounds ever. So there for are me, so many. Very, I had no clue about there are so
1: it. many Indian people there. Yeah. I, I had no uh... clue about this. Exactly. And China, um, the Chinese government, at least in mainland China, has recognized over 80 minorities in China Mm. um, that live there and have their distinct culture, distinct language, distinct food. Mm -hmm. um, Some of them even distinct religious practices. Um, And I think that this is something that we should definitely stop pretending it doesn't exist and, you know, um, acknowledge that these people are there and accept them.
0: And, and you know, uh, you know, that gives me some uh, inspiration. And I to thank you for that, because uh, next year I am before recording, I was telling you, right, like I I signed up Mm -hmm. for a few more books uh, next year. Yeah. And uh, most of them are going to be, you know, uh, related to, you know, the different kind of festivals that we um, kind of uh, celebrate in in the country. Yeah. And uh, I would have mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, spreads where I would have to show a whole crowd of people and, you know, a street scene for that matter, where, you know, a full festival yeah. is happening. And I have been actually thinking of that, that, you know, I want to kind of uh, show as much representation from Indian communities, at least uh, in these mm-hmm. books, because, you know, there are so many different, uh, uh, you know backgrounds of us like in India as well very diverse yes very kind of incredibly so, diverse exactly so you didn't even they become remember.
1: India as a country until very recently and then also yeah, yeah, with yeah. the way that at least the rest of the world sees what Pakistan is and what India is mm-hmm. it's like they seem like different to other people um and that's I think that's I I want to ask you about this as well mm-hmm. so as someone who is you know working in your own native country however also speaking a tongue of the west Mm -hmm. and then also like making work that exists and is accessible to a western audience uh, for me at least i feel like i'm very um almost like trapped in that kind of mindset that what my 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 work is serving them that they Mm -hmm. see my work um and like i started my illustrations for best kind of mooncake with a color palette that was red and yellow if you looked on it on my right. website right. Um, and I did actually reference the Stephen Chow character wow. in one of those so yeah so I'm glad you caught on to that actually oh, um, nice. but she, she didn't make it into the final however okay. with the the first color palette that I did I got really like I really liked it because I based it on a color palette that I used in another illustration that I've done before and mm-hmm. I thought it was really beautiful but then. I was like, oh my god, imagine 16 pages of this and the fact that I'm publishing it with an American publisher
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's about a place that right now is very politicized in mm-hmm. global media and the conversation about it. I just feel like am I am I reducing my culture to an aesthetic that only the west oh, recognizes, wow. right? Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. For
1: example, like when Americans or English people think about Chinese porcelain. They only think about the blue and white porcelain, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: that's actually a very new form of porcelain that was created in China by a foreign government, the last government that was Manchurian. So they're not Han Chinese. Okay. Um, so is this really Chinese porcelain? Does this represent what Chinese art is? It mm-hmm. has in the Western world, but is it actually Chinese, yeah, right? Bird. So I was thinking about that in my art and then I was like, is it can can I even aestheticize myself? Like can I fetishize myself in that way? Is that even possible? Right. Or is that something that I do? Um, so I was very tormented by my that. God, and that's then very eventually deep,
0: yeah. My God, that's, <laughs> that's very deep for somebody as young as you. My God, I, I, you you look very young for sure, but that's very deep. I am young. And, 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 and
1: very and, angry.
0: You're very angry. Okay, I, I get you. are <laughs> young and angry. Perfect. No, but yeah. you're right. Actually, you know, uh, I, I remember watching a documentary sometime back mm-hmm. on um, the whole Chinese uh, aesthetic that we know of today, right? <laughs> Um, the whole, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the certain kind of architecture, I don't know how to kind of uh, probably uh, explain that, but the the pagoda architecture, correct, exactly Mm -hmm. and you know, the colors as well, a very oriental red of sorts, right Um, uh, what I realized was apparently, and I don't know how how far this is true but it was on the documentary, so they researched it, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably, you know, it was again created by the uh, Chinese who were brought to US back in the day for some railroad construction, Uh, probably the first uh, Chinese population who came and. And they created that Chinatown, which was a mm-hmm. kind of you know um, not truly aesthetically Chinese, is what I understand. And mm-hmm. it was you know mm-hmm. what the West believed Chinese uh, aesthetic looked like, yeah. to kind of you know uh, make yeah. it easy for them to kind of you know continue living without really being um, I don't know uh, put into that corner as such. So I think I think that that's there and that kind of caught mm-hmm. on as well. That I, I don't have never been to China, but I would imagine probably not every building looks like a pagoda that way.
1: exactly yeah yeah
0: and so okay and, and before i move on the the Stephen Chow character that you said which which movie and which character
1: oh my goodness um yeah what movie is it i think it it might be Shaolin Soccer
0: Okay which one? or it
1: might be Kung Fu Hustle I don't remember but okay, do you, you remember that, the though. landlady? Oh yeah that's landlady? Kung Fu landlady
0: That's Kung Fu Hustle yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, you know one, better than the I the one, do oh, with yeah, the curlers. Exactly, her... exactly. Yes, exactly exactly she she used to smoke yeah. and this is mm-hmm. one thing where she smokes and really like blasts off with her sonic yeah. yeah yeah yeah, correct that's that's the landlady yeah. from so uh, she and originally she's made a very, it. Uh, very famous actor in Hong Kong as well correct she's apparently very very famous and from a long time as well
1: Yes, yes, yeah, probably. Yeah. The I think Hong Kong's acting industry really boomed mm-hmm. during that mm-hmm. time, so they have really long careers.
0: Hey, nice! Yeah. I, I am so happy you picked her character. I know she didn't make it to the book, but please do send me that uh, illustration if possible. I would love to see that. Of course, it's
1: that. it's a very drastic difference, and um, I really enjoy sharing the process behind my work um, on social media because I think it really just shows um the reality behind mm-hmm. making work like this it is you know it's not all rainbows and ponies and happy times it is hard work a lot of mistakes were made and that's okay that's part of it you know that's how that's how we got here in the first place mm-hmm. I'm trying to send it to you as as you talk but Okay.
0: Anyway. thank you no but uh, how long did it take you to make this book uh, is this also like a 16 mm-hmm. spread 32 pages sort of a, a book
1: Yes, yeah, so this is a 32-page spread book. It took me about two years, I would oh, say, wow. from the conceptualizing of it to being on shelf. So um, the majority of that time, actually not the majority, but a good portion of that time was just waiting for it to get onto shelves, turning mm-hmm. in the final art, and then just um, receiving the color copies and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to check for quality and then delays because of supply chain issues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just sent you the file. I am um, yeah,
0: downloading it, yeah.
1: But um, so it took me two weeks, to, one to two weeks, to write the story, the first draft. Okay. And it took me the same amount of time to do two sample illustrations. Um, and then for my final project for that mm-hmm. semester, we chose one of the stories that we wrote mm-hmm. and we like, just like cleaned it up basically. Mm-hmm. And the our professors, amazing, amazing teachers, they invited publishers and agents to oh, come wow. to the presentation. And so I got to present my book and that's how I actually got it published because someone was there, um, the A art director from Page Street was there and she used to be Mm -hmm. a RISD grad and she also took that class
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so I know she was really excited to be there she saw my story and then she emailed me she was like hey we're interested in publishing your story
2: are you interested in
1: working with us yeah so that was really great I had already finished all the writing and I had um, a dummy of what the entire book would look like. Mm -hmm. I had a whole plan out. And so when, by the time I signed on to work with them, they had a copy editor who fixed the writing with me. We worked on that for a couple months. We had like a legal team look through it just to like fact check, especially because it's historical Mm -hmm. fiction. Mm -hmm. My book also got flagged um, that it couldn't be printed in mainland China. Most books are because it's cheap, right? Um, And it was flagged because I mentioned um this um the revolution in China briefly in a certain way that Mm -hmm. might have been um sensitive to the government Mm -hmm. at that time so that actually really surprised me because growing up I watched a lot of Chinese movies about that time period but it seems like um the the kind of air around Mm -hmm. talking about that has changed even during my lifetime
0: or maybe it was internal those movies were probably made in china and the being consumed in china whereas probably you wrote this in a different country and maybe uh this or that too yeah but that's that's so so where where did you guys get it printed finally
1: we had to print it in malaysia actually so um yeah of which i think is great because i'm still keeping it in asia um that was really important to me actually um but my dream is for it to be able to be on shelves in China and Hong mm-hmm. Kong. So hopefully, hopefully I sell enough copies or someone wants to buy the translation rights mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So that's my
0: goal for this book. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's yeah. hope this happens. Let's let's really hope this happens. It's so cool. And, and, and you know, uh, so, so um, it's so cool that you kind of had this experience in college or in art school where, you know, they actually did not only prepare you for this, but they also kind of, you know, laid the foundation by calling in these publishers and, you know, art directors to kind of have a look. And of course, I'm pretty sure a lot of books probably get picked up that way uh, from new authors and illustrators, which is a very cool thing, which is an absolutely cool thing. Anyway, but yeah. but I I'd just like to kind of go back and, you know, finish off the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you <laughs> said that you were writing, you wrote some seven stories when you were in uh, art school. Yeah. And uh, what happened after that?
1: <clears throat> after art school? I mm-hmm. guess um uh so I did that during my first semester of my final year so then mm-hmm. I had one more semester left so I signed the contract that christmas because in the nice. US at least your first semester is fall semester so that's from september until december um uh, I presented the book in december to the publishers signed the contract in january started working on it while I was finishing up college so while I was doing my papers and my other assignments for that semester, I was also working on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also, um, you know, applying for jobs. I was um, about to graduate. So I needed somewhere to go afterwards and not a U.S. citizen. So I have to find an employer who is also willing to sponsor a oh, visa. Yeah,
2: correct.
1: Um, and then got my job and moved to L.A. while I was still working on the book. Mm-hmm. Didn't feel like I had enough time to finish the book. So I pushed off my start date for my nine to five job. And I just worked on my book. I went to Texas to visit my partner. He was doing an internship there at that time. Mm -hmm. Worked on it there. Um, And so my favorite thing about working digitally is that you can bring it anywhere Anywhere, you go. You you can live your life and continue to do that. And it was a time of great change for me. Right. I was graduating college looking for housing, looking for a job, um, getting used to my new life as a real adult all of a sudden. And everywhere I went, I could still work on the book. I, it, I make it sound like it was a blessing, but honestly, it was also kind of a curse. <laughs> it was awful. Um, writing a book is, writing and illustrating a book is definitely, um, it's a job. It's not just a passion. It might not even be a passion right now. So yeah
0: I'm, I'm not sure if it pays as much as a job to be very honest at least in india but uh yeah exactly it probably does not but yeah exactly but i think you know and that's the thing in india as well because uh, throughout last year or rather no not last year we are still in 2022 sorry throughout this year i, I am already mm. in 2023 so yeah throughout <laughs> this year i uh you know I, I interacted with a lot of um authors and illustrators in india like you know who do books mm. and picture books and children's yes. literature. Uh, spoke to a whole bunch of uh, publishers in fact like i think a couple of weeks ago i was po- talking to somebody from hatchet um and you know i, I kind of hear this everywhere um, probably publishing doesn't pay as much like you know uh, people I-, I pretty much everybody i know they either are doing multiple things or they have a job and probably they're you know yeah. uh, uh, probably in the evenings like just, just like how i do it right uh, so mm-hmm. i think i think that kind of works out because uh, I just hope we reach there where, you know, maybe for the next generation, it can be a lucrative option to kind of just, just fall back on and pay their bills and live a really happy life and take a yeah. vacation to Bali once a year or something. <laughs> like <that.
1: laughs> Yes, exactly. I can't wait to come back to Asia so I can actually travel to places with good food.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a- my Asia has that, right? Asia has that. We have good yeah, food. I, I honestly oh, feel so we lucky. have good food wherever you go. Like pretty much across the continent, wherever you go, really, really good food. You know, um, I I don't know if you know this, but uh, since we spoke a little about history, um, so Mm -hmm. I I told you that I'm from Calcutta, right? I was kind of born Mm -hmm. and raised in that side of the country. So, you know, uh, Calcutta happens to have the oldest uh, Chinese population in India. Uh, I that don't, is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, I am, I I'll probably get back to you by, you know, uh, as to which year did they come and it was really long back. This is much before British mm. and all of those things. Uh, so yeah this is because of the silk fruit and you know the business and everything in yeah. fact uh, a, a few places in Calcutta, you will still go and you'll still see you know shops or restaurants or eateries from the 1800s for that matter not even 19 wow 1800s. that yeah. is so cool exactly so. I know
1: when when yeah. we talk about globalization and our increased globalization in this day and age it's also it's also a very western way of looking at global history because the rest of the rest of asia has been in conversation and okay. trading with each other for far longer and it didn't take colonizing each other in order to get that kind of communication you know there was so much value in trading art and mm, food lovely. and
0: other sorts so, you know, of goods. There so. are a few very cool things. I think you'd be interested. So I just Google it up. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Chinese people started coming to India or Calcutta, especially in 1778. So yeah. you realize how back this was. In of course 1778. Yeah. I think I think the whole tea culture and everything came from there as well. Like Calcutta is heavily into tea. India is rather heavily into tea. But, yeah. uh, you know, they came over there and I know because I was reading a bunch of books. Our, um, our
1: Chinese word for tea comes from the word uh, cha. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Cha. Yeah. So in Bengali, it's cha. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in Hindi, it's chai. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mm-hmm. point is that, that, you know, uh, they came in and a lot of them were into, you know, the, the leather industry because when i was growing up as mm-hmm. well so there is a part of calcutta which is uh, called tangra it is also known as chinatown and you know you kind of enter mm-hmm. it has the pagoda sort of an architecture yeah a lot of old <laughs> chinese families they stay there they, they speak perfect bengali which is the language of that region right it's perfect yeah. Bengali. Um, <laughs> not sure if they do speak any mandarin or cantonese for that matter and they have
1: indian accents when they speak english
0: I Yeah, they do, actually. They actually yeah. do. They actually do. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them uh, came in and, you know, they uh, started off, uh, I know for a fact, uh, a lot of them came in with the uh, leather industry and the shoe business. Wow. So, um, so in central cool. Calcutta, if you go, you see a lot of really wow. old shops, uh, you know, run by Chinese families uh, who uh, who have been in India for generations. Now you can imagine, That's right? So 1700. Right? Yeah. And uh, they had like a huge, huge... Um, I would say influence on the food in that part of the country, which kind of later like on, that. you know, moved to the rest of the thing. Wow. So, um, you know, like I have a bottle of soy sauce in my fridge all the time. because <laughs> I cannot imagine <laughs> yeah. cooking a lot of dishes without that. Uh, you know, yeah. the use of MSG is big in India. Oh, and,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we
0: we, we we love it. A lot of people, I know for a fact, we love the MSG. So, yeah, and, and yeah. You know, the cooking techniques, uh, The I'm into cooking a lot. So, you know, the chopping techniques, because Chinese, uh, they, uh, you know, a lot mm. of the cooking relies a lot on the kind of chopping you would do uh, to your vegetables, yeah. right? Uh, in yes. fact, uh, uh, in, in this same place, the Chinatown place I told about in in Calcutta, There is a temple which is of a Hindu deity, which is Kali, uh, Mm -hmm. goddess Kali, okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a Kali temple there. I don't know a lot of people, probably in Calcutta, a lot of people know, of course, outside, not sure. So they have a Kali temple inside this uh, uh, Chinatown where they uh, serve, Mm -hmm. so, you know, uh, they serve these offerings to the God, right? So you different kind of Mm -hmm. food and sweets and fruits and all of those things, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, That's the only place where they serve noodles.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, so that there, is so, so cool. Exactly. exactly. So there's this Kali temple in, in that part. And mm. I've been there. I've been there. And they serve noodles uh, as the, we call it prasad in a language. Prasad is basically a, a religious offering, right? So uh, mm. yeah, so the prasad is uh, noodles that they serve there, which is very, very mm. cool, which is extremely cool. And it tastes good as well. But, you know, yeah. being, uh, from what I have uh, kind of realized uh, after having a lot of, you know, mm. authentic Chinese food, indian chinese and authentic chinese are very very different
1: different. yeah i would love to travel the world and just eat chinese food from all these different pockets Mm, mm. where people have just settled and have fully become people from there and then the food is completely different because different things grow there and i i think that's wonderful i recently learned to accept american chinese food as american food and now i can enjoy it you know oh,
0: okay so it's, you you yeah. no longer critical about the whole thing oh, yeah no
1: wow. longer critical it is beautiful yeah. in its own way because it it's not actually trying to be Chinese food right it's only <laughs> it's only the people the it's only the white the white people who have decided that this is Chinese enough to be Chinese whereas the mm-hmm. Chinese people are like no this is definitely American food we have no idea what this is, well,
0: this is yeah so uh, <laughs> you know in uh, so where I stay in India Bangalore uh, one of the most popular uh, street food that I've seen around Bangalore so of course we have like you know across the country you go you'd find a lot of your dimsums and also dimsums is huge in India they're huge in India oh that's so Uh, cool I love that it's, it's huge in India uh, but, you know, in Bangalore, especially, they have, uh, they are extremely fond of this one thing called a Manchurian. So, okay, a Gobi Manchurian, mm. which according to Indians is Chinese, but Manchurian, I don't <laughs> think so is, would be a dish in China at all. So it's from, you know, probably yeah. taken inspiration from the Manchuria district, probably. But the point is, yeah. you know, uh, it's a Gobi Manchurian, it's basically fried uh, cauliflower, which is, you know, tossed in some really hot, spicy wow. sauces. Yeah, it, oh, and that sounds good. It is good. It that is good. It, good, though. It, it tastes that's big in India, you know. Uh, and a lot of uh, influence from Tibetan food as well, because, you know, uh, that, that Tibet happens to be kind Much of... very closer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, Lord, and I'm pretty sure if you ever happen to come here, you would be very surprised um, by the Chinese offerings that we have. But they are, I'm sure they are not at all... See, I, I, I probably understand this. But that, Indian
1: know, people know how to cook, so I yeah, think exactly. it'll still be a variant. Yeah, yeah,
0: you can you can trust Yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, originally Chinese food would not be too uh, spicy. Is that correct?
1: It depends on where in China. So I'm not sure where the Chinese immigrants in your hometown may have come from. If they came mm-hmm. through land or if they came by boat. It really depends. It would
0: be land. I think you know it would be land. And they cross the because, Himalayas. Uh, I think so because that would be the Silk Road. So I think um, yeah. that's the way they would have come. the
1: Silk Road is very long and interconnected, and people from all over China can get onto it. So it depends on the food. If I'm trying to think how how to classify, so Western Chinese food, like um food in. Xinjiang, like where they have Uyghurs and those other sorts of people. Western mm-hmm. Chinese food has a lot of cumin in it. They use lamb a lot. They do a lot of barbecue.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Southern Chinese food tends to be using ingredients fresh. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's It might be sweeter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: might be um, more steaming food okay, technique, right. um and then slightly northwest like towards middle china in a place called Sichuan that food mm-hmm. is very spicy ah, Sichuan really right so uh, the sauce yeah, with uh, the, the, sauce, Sichuan, the famous
0: Sichuan sauce comes from the- oh, yeah yeah, exactly. yeah the
1: numbing kind of spicy that's yeah. what they do so southern southern Chinese food is not very spicy so not sure which group of people you mm. might have but maybe but, you can yeah, you should now- ask them
0: Yeah, but no, now I think the entire thing is just spicy. So you go for the Chinese thing, it'll mostly be probably eight out of 10 times, it'll be super spicy. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we generally like it that way we do like it that way so, you yeah. know, uh, uh, and, and I read a lot about food okay I read a lot about I love mm-hmm. to read about food and you know uh, the history and the origin of uh, different kind of food especially in India right because I, I really like yeah. this culture the, the whole thing uh, and you know there's <laughs> a very very famous uh, thing called uh, chili chicken okay which according to us like at least for me growing up in Calcutta uh, Chinese meant we would have a fried rice and a chili chicken, or a noodles and a chili chicken, okay? Mm -hmm. Now damn i'm hungry it's nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a friday and i'm so hungry right now hey
1: i can but, be honest all my work most of my work is also about food you look at my portfolio it is also a lot of food ah, this food. book was about food the other book that i'm writing that hasn't been pitched is also about food so, yeah, so you're talking to your own people we, here
0: yeah, exactly we do have a connect there <laughs> because even i do have plans you know uh probably next year to start a book on food which i really really want yeah. to do but anyway yeah. so you know uh in, in uh at least when i was growing up in the eastern part of the country um you know chinese meant uh, uh for us fried rice and chili chicken now right. i for the longest time in my life i thought probably chili chicken was very very chinese i later got to know probably china does not even know what a chili chicken what? is.
1: how does it taste like what's in it
0: chili chicken that's it so <laughs> <laughs> so it's so, chili chicken would be... I'll probably send you the recipe, for you probably, you know... if you Yeah, cook, I would love
1: it, to look at it.
0: And that, try and make that. So, uh, chili chicken, a very, you know, Bengali style, which would be, you know, from the eastern part of the country, Calcutta. Uh, uh, chili chicken would be, uh, you know, a chicken which is, let's say, fried in some batter, like deep fried of sorts. And then, you know, it's huh. tossed around in a very spicy... I, I, I hope it would be something close to a Sichuan sort of a thing, um, sort of a gravy. And, uh, you know, topped off with, uh, you know... Uh, maybe some chopped uh, spring onions or something. But that used to be like the thing to be had with fried rice or, you know, uh, maybe a chow mein for that matter. But yeah, I grew up on that. For me, like Chinese meant that and all you know all the big restaurants in calcutta who would be known for their uh, you know the asian cuisine they
1: mm-hmm.
0: have to have chili chicken otherwise uh, <laughs> you know otherwise
1: it's, it's not chinese food exactly it,
0: it, you'd be judged yeah. you'd be immediately judged like oh that. you don't have chili chicken that's it so you know, <laughs> chili chicken would be like the like the the yardstick of the standard. Uh, yeah cooked. exactly
1: yeah i love that that's so interesting
0: yeah and and uh, we do have this another big chain uh, uh, in, in india called mainland china uh, which is a very fancy sort of a, you know, a very, very fancy upmarket sort of a restaurant chain. I do not like their food. You know why? Because mm. they yeah. probably try Don't and make to. it authentic. They probably try and make it authentic, which is oh. not as spicy. And mm. we are so used to Chinese equal to spicy. Uh, you know, yeah. now when you have the real thing, you're like, oh, nope, sorry, not happening. So <laughs> when, I, when I went to Bangkok yeah. or Singapore, it has to be Indo-Chinese. Yeah, the the food was oh so good. Yeah, yeah, but
1: yes, India's Indonesia so has a lot food, of Indian God. influence. Yeah,
0: Indonesia <laughs> does have. Indonesia does have, even in yeah. terms of you know the 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 tea drinking and and you know the way let's say Chinese would drink. Do you drink a lot of tea?
1: Um. I don't drink that much tea because I don't have a lot of good Chinese tea here with Mm. me. I haven't gone home in a while, but I do love, I like tea that tastes more earthy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, sometimes I can enjoy Western teas, but there's just something about the, have you had Pu'ar tea or Puli tea? It's a Chinese tea. You might have it during dim sum or something. It kind of tastes like dirt to me, but I think it's delicious. I think it's so good. That's exactly what I want. Okay yeah.
0: okay so that's what you meant by earthy okay i, I get that that's what yeah. you by earthy. no so i'll tell Dirt. you what so for you uh, and and you know because uh, i i know for a fact probably you know not probably i think if i remember correctly tea was invented in china like that's where it kind of started the whole the whole tea game right mm. and then of course it came to india and it was big it, it kind of blew up of course the british also had their uh, you know mm. uh, the reasons to kind of blow up tea in india um, but the point is um, yeah so the point is you know the way we have tea and the way Chinese would have tea are absolutely poles apart. Like, um, have you, have you, uh, and you know, I know in the US right now it's very popular as chai tea. Or Starbucks also has chai tea. Uh, yeah. So chai and chai tea is such a wrong name. You know, chai means it's tea. It's tea, tea exactly. <laughs> what, what is tea, right? So uh, yeah. So anyway, coming back, but the way we have tea is. So super different from how Chinese would originally have tea which is you know you probably just take the the tea leaf and you know uh, probably just pour hot water over it and you just just probably uh, brew it for a little while and then you have the tea right it's pretty water-based right it's very light Mm -hmm. we love to put milk in our tea okay so our tea is full brown in color it is milky it is heavy uh people and you guys
1: like it. You eat it with some very sweet things oh, Yeah, yeah, well. So it
0: depends. Uh, I, I don't like it as sweet, of course, because, you know, I have kind mm-hmm. of grown out of that. But then uh, I know people, I know parts of the country where they'll put a lot of sugar. Uh, they'll put a lot of masalas, your spices as well to make it even, you know, give it that kick as well. So, yes. uh, yeah. So the way we consume tea would be very different. But yeah, anyway, let's come back. So, you know, for the yeah. audience, just before recording, Paul was saying that, you know, you should probably <laughs> add the word food or add something related to food in your name, Paper Pencil Podcast, because I just told her that pretty, it's it's a very thin line that I walk. Uh, I easily cross the line from art to food in most of my episodes and start talking about that. So yeah, I need to probably control that. But anyway, coming back, coming back Paul. So, um, so you, you're talking about, you know, uh, you being able to uh, use digital uh, tools easily because you are kind of traveling mm-hmm. and that kind of mm-hmm. gave you that independence. Um, what What tools do you use? So, uh, uh, let's say this book that you made. What tools did you use? Yeah.
1: yes. Um, this book was done entirely on my iPad. Um, and yes, so I used wow. Procreate, the app Procreate, to do it. And the best thing about that, I think, is that it also automatically screen records your entire process. Mm, correct. Um, and that's why I can share it with my audience. Um, yeah. And so the, you know, that's, that's what I love. Makes
0: it easy for Instagram. That makes it exactly. easy for Instagram.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it really condenses it so i and i personally enjoy looking through my own process as well because you know as an artist sometimes you have no idea how you did that and you got to look at it again (laughs) yeah
0: exactly entirely on procreate so uh, good because you know even i'm doing it on procreate so a a few things that i'd like to ask you which would be a little technical but still you know Mm because i face those and uh, you've gone to an art school so i would imagine you know your stuff better than i do which is uh so okay tell me about this so when you are uh, uh preparing the artwork for print i'm sure you're going for a cmyk color profile right
1: for print yes cmyk mm-hmm. um and then also my publishers will tell me like the dimensions of everything and the right. dpi that i need to use it in yeah
0: but isn't it pretty always like, pretty much always 300 dpi that we go for or do they have like a specific thing that oh no it needs to be this
1: probably i've only done 2 i'm only working on my second book right now so i can't really tell
0: <laughs> so what was the first one 250
1: 300 uh, i think probably 300 i don't remember anymore so long ago
0: <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing about procreate right? you just create one thing and you just keep on uh, uh, yeah you can just that. duplicate yeah. it it's 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 really easy it's really easy so okay yeah. so cmyk anything specific in the color profile because you know in procreate i i remember seeing like a whole bunch of things so cmyk honestly i don't understand those i just know rgb is for okay
1: (laughs) yeah sorry can't answer your questions i don't know either just because i went to an art school doesn't mean i know anything (laughs) (laughs) it was a good time though i highly recommend the school um i think that i got a lot out of it but there are certain things that i just kind of turn off and you
0: you are funny i have to give you that you are funny Right okay, perfect. that that answers a lot of my questions then. Uh, but but do you by any chance like uh, so you just completely entirely use Procreate, you probably don't even take it to your computer, Adobe uh, Photoshop Illustrator, nothing right?
1: No, I don't I don't transfer it at all. I would prefer to keep everything on Procreate because mm. it it kind of does all the same functions that Photoshop does mm. um, and it's cheaper as of well course. much, of much course. cheaper. Yeah, it's great. It is my absolute favorite. But if I'm doing thumbnails, sometimes I might just use paper and pencil um just depends on what I have sometimes sometimes you just want to feel the paper and pencil and it gives you a different sort of energy and then but the one bad thing about using your digital tablet to draw is that you're not really getting the right size of everything because once it becomes a book the dimensions are a little bit different and Mm. you know my book is a lot bigger than this Mm. screen Mm. so Mm. it feels different once you see it a little bit more that blown up than you
0: intended. That, that makes sense that makes sense because i had the similar thing because my uh the books that i did this year they were all board books okay uh board books were mm-hmm. really young like zero to three uh years old right yeah uh, they were then like literally this small i think there was around uh, six by six if i'm not wrong so mm-hmm. or six mm-hmm. by five i think yeah but but really small right it's a pocket sized of sorts in a way uh for really yeah. large uh american pockets maybe but um <laughs> yeah so but uh, so you're right like you know after the book came out uh, it was a little surprising for me to see because I was Mm -hmm. so used to seeing it in the in the this thing in the uh, iPad Uh, I I think yeah that 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 makes sense all right perfect so um, anywho coming back so uh, tell me about uh, your your art school like uh, RSID how was that Uh, how how was it uh, you know uh, getting into it let's start from that process because I know a lot of my listeners may be interested in you know going there for that matter so uh, yeah how did that process start off what did you learn over there what happened over there
1: yeah i wish i could tell people the secret recipe into getting into the school but i really don't know either
0: mm-hmm. um
1: i think it really depends on who's looking at your work and when just mm-hmm. like what time and what their mood is honestly mm-hmm. and unfortunately that's just how it works sometimes um and also it's a little bit different for international students as well mm-hmm. you know like your exam scores have to be a lot higher than the local population and your work has to all be so much better because everyone else in your country is so good. I think it's the same in India and China because there's so many of us and yeah. a lot of us just like, you know, it's more competitive than, and so, you know, you're kind of working really hard when you're younger just to get into a school. And then after you graduate from this college, you realize that you're where a lot of other people are, you know, yeah, sure. um, but This school um, for the first year, I think our freshman year um, is considered the second most rigorous course Mm -hmm. load in the US. First is MIT, second is RISD.
2: Wow. So
1: really tough, but I don't know how it compares to schools in Asia because I know Mm -hmm. that it's really intense over there as well. Mm -hmm. So our first year, we have a class from 8 a.m. until five o'clock. We have one hour lunch break. That is one full day. that's one class and so you're doing that for a whole year um so it's a lot of rigor and then afterwards once you finish freshman year where you're just learning foundational skills you go to um, you choose what department you want to go to. So I chose illustration because mm-hmm. of what I mentioned, but mm-hmm. just wanting art to be for the people. And I wanted to learn how to tell stories effectively. I don't want people to not understand what I'm trying to say. I want them to understand exactly what is going on and to also start some conversations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then you can choose classes that just interest you. For me, at least, um, I didn't really know what career. I wanted to pursue necessarily. I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment, but Mm. illustration is so broad. Mm. Um, So I just took classes that I thought were interesting. I took some on editorial illustration. I took a class called art for children. And so I'm just like learning from all sorts of really interesting professors who um, give really valuable critique um, and also, the student population is, we have a lot of Chinese, a lot of Korean and a lot of Indian students. Mm-hmm. And so it's therefore quite an international population. And you can really just have so many open discussions regarding your work or whatever themes you want to talk about in this environment. Um, I think it's a great place to start um so learning you know, how to you think for yourself
0: mentioned about editorial illustration uh, uh, this morning mm-hmm. before i started off the recording i was going through your website okay i was looking at the mm-hmm. uh, the children's book section of your website uh, mm-hmm. i think I, I saw an illustration there uh, which is called the chef on the lifeboat goes why 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 oh yeah Yeah, and and Mm -hmm. I I see the illustration. It's very different. The style is very different from your uh, other books or other work that I've seen. And I don't know why it looks a little editorially to me, like, you know, that genre of illustration. Uh, Was this kind of uh, inspired or, you know, related or that time when you were into editorial illustration?
1: Yeah, I think that might have been the semester after I took a course on Ah, editorial illustration or... I was also I was also um, a teaching assistant for the editorial illustration Whoa. class during that time. So maybe I was just, I had that in my mind, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I also, I don't know, it was just the way the illustration came to life. And that's actually how I, my natural inclination is to draw. Children's books are very difficult for me to draw. I do not like drawing things with lots of detail. Mm-hmm. I don't like drawing... Um, repeated scenes or repeated people over and over again I just want to mm-hmm. do it one time and be over with it I like big shapes and kind of messy line work I think there are still some elements that feel a little bit similar but mm-hmm. when I did the first page of my book I thought it looked much better as a final book and I could imagine it in like 32 iterations but also i was incredibly afraid because i had to do that 16 times
0: oh yeah you know (laughs) yeah exactly and i think that's where it becomes i think you become your own enemy if i put it in a very philosophical way right because you are like oh no but i have to do this bit, and then you're like oh no but the deadline is coming as well yeah yeah. and 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 i want to be paid I want to be paid correctly. I want this to end. Uh, yeah. Tell me, you know, I was talking to somebody else the other day and uh, I was thinking of this, that, you know, when you are doing a book or a a long-term project, like a book, let's say, which is, you know, where you, like mm-hmm. you said, you are doing the same characters over and over again in different uh, scenes mm-hmm. and uh, environments. Um, I think this happens to me around 60% completion of the book. So let's say 60% of the book is completed. That's where I suddenly have this thing that... Come on, let's just finish it. I'm done. Let's just quickly get this done with. And then it it stays for a couple of weeks. And then again, I'm like, no, but I need to put my heart and soul into it. Right. So I think I think that does that happen with you as well.
1: Yeah, I think it does. I feel that very much earlier on after the sketch phase i i yeah dude i don't like working hard unfortunately and that is what picture books are it's all hard work over and over and again over again yeah (laughs)
0: No, but, and you know, um, about the other thing that you mentioned, which was uh, the, the sketchy line work that you uh, kind of mm-hmm. enjoy. I do see that. And I, I honestly enjoy that a lot. I, for some reason, you know, um, when I'm consuming art or illustrations, I uh, do not like solid lines a lot. I just feel, again, it's just me, but I feel they lack character. I, I like that sketchy mm-hmm. sort of a line because it has a lot stiff. of... Yeah, it feels most it, Exactly. And yeah. I do see that in your line work as well. Like, uh, you know, and by the way, I did spot that Sikh guy in the illustration. I'm looking at the... Oh, hey! I, I did spot him behind, hey. I think, a whiff of that smell coming. So I, I think he's behind that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I I really like the texture. I think I mentioned that in the beginning as well. I really like the mm-hmm. textures that you put and I'm a big fan of yeah. textures. Uh, I do see you putting in a lot of patterns as well. I'm just looking at this one scene from your book where, you know, she's standing in the marketplace and uh, there's this whole smell coming in and there's a whole crowd of people. I do see that, you know, uh, you have actually in the midground, the the clothes that these people are wearing, you didn't Mm -hmm. just put solid colors, you actually went in for patterns, which I find is very Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, but
1: also if you notice, they share all the same patterns. So you see the same green shirt with the pink dots, you see the same blue shirt with the flowers, the same white shirt with the pink checker. And the same checker. shirt kind of
0: comes in on the left side as well. Another person is wearing the. Oh, two more people are wearing yes. the same. Oh, yeah. No. Correct.
1: Yes. They all wear repeating patterns because it is so hard to draw unique outfits for all those people in a know, crowd. I I know. I'm not going to spend all that energy and effort doing that. And... I need the main character to stand out so she's the That's only true. person wearing her pink color mm-hmm. even her family wears those colors
0: yeah, yeah. So now, now that you mentioned yes I'm looking at this scene and I do see a lot of people wearing very similar so I you use the same thing yeah I don't see it now I do yeah. see it now but it's then, like
1: random enough but makes it much exactly. easier for you exactly
0: yeah. random enough is the whole point uh, but you know yeah. i'm telling you this uh, how do you do this so uh, you know on the same page uh, i do see mm-hmm. let's say you know the people in the front right the, yeah. uh, the uh, complete foreground the people who are there you can like partly see them probably lovely expressions though i love those expressions um how <laughs> do you get that sketchy sort of a thing on like on their face and you know on the, the coloring it looks like you've used a sketch pen sort of a thing to color yeah. it do you do jokes yeah, like that or do you kind of just This is an hunt?
1: unfortunate story. It's an unfortunate process and like I said when I finished it I thought to myself you can insert a bleep here fuck I have to do this over and over again because it is sketching so I used a small size digital gouache pen
0: right and, you and just went so it.
1: I physically had to do that oh, for everything so oh. that's why I'm saying even though it looks good I hated myself in that moment I but it's
2: it.
1: it's what works in this story and I thought that mm. if it was anything else if it was solid patches of color it just doesn't look as mm, good mm, mm. it's like I can't there's no other way that I can get this texture this is the only way so I guess I'll do it you know <laughs> I didn't want to do it but I chose to do that I did that to myself so I so this is yeah. very inspiring.
0: It's a... this is very inspiring this is very inspiring for sure uh, but tell me this I, I, I heard you say something very interesting uh, you said that uh, nothing else will work in this illustration mm-hmm. right you said like only this style mm-hmm. will work uh, I yeah. want to understand the thought process behind it like what made or why do you think this style itself fits in this illustration or in this book uh, nothing else would go here why
1: because I tried it in another way the illustration mm-hmm. that I sent you earlier the one that was very red the one that referenced Stephen Chow Let me
0: open that, yeah. that one just didn't work oh um, yeah hey, but this looks cool and then as then well. also uh, this looks cooler as well this looks it's very cool, different, but right? it's very, yeah
1: yeah very mm. different and then when i was mm. test so that was the first iteration the final version that you see right now is the fourth version so i have tried so many different, so different. methods ah. to this. it took me a really long time to get to the aesthetic that i wanted and That's unfortunate because you think that an artist would just use their signature style to make Mm -hmm. a whole book because that's Mm -hmm. what they're hired for. However, you also look at my body of work. I feel like even though I have a way of doing things, I don't have just one style. So I never know how I'm going to work on this day. Um, And this is the reason why I thought that the sketchy marks worked is because it adds so much more liveliness Mm -hmm. to this place that I can't, necessarily capture in a still image it's messy Mm -hmm. it's crowded it's rowdy it's middle it's lower middle class it's not refined Mm -hmm. but in a way that's just like you know it is what it is and there's so much energy that I want to capture and that was the only way and like you said once you use solid lines you kind of lose a lot of that Mm -hmm. and it becomes really stiff so I was like you know what this works so let's keep it
0: but you know i like and the, the dude, color yeah. palette in the first one like the one that you sent me the color palette is uh very 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 unique very different but yeah i i see that you know that oriental sort of a uh feeling yeah. that is there to it oh by the way i do spot that lady from kung fu hustle uh she's there on the left right with right. a cigarette in her mouth yeah there yes. she is. yes yes that's her that's her right i i will think yeah, that has to be her but yeah it makes sense but um Tell me this, like, you know, because you've seen, I'm sure, a lot of different artists, uh, you know, people in Mm -hmm. the U.S. as well, uh, people in your school for that matter. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think it because you just said that, you know, a a publisher probably comes to an illustrator for that signature style, which I understand. Um, But do you Mm -hmm. think uh, that's that's a good thing or a bad thing? Like, you know, to have a signature style and does that become a boundary? Does that become like, you know, some sort of a stereotype or a box that you're put in or Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about that?
1: I think it's neither a good nor a bad thing, kind of a cop-out answer, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could either be someone who is good at everything or you could be someone who's good at one thing and so like mm-hmm. you'd be sought after for different reasons and i think the slight chameleonness that i have allows me to do a broader range mm-hmm. of work yeah. and that's what i'm interested in there are some people who only want to do like yeah. character design for disney so their work looks like it's only for disney whereas right. you know someone who might want to work for netflix might have a style that can kind of chameleon and change depending on who they're working for at that time and for me it's not necessarily intentional it's just the way that things happened for me Mm -hmm. um and I enjoy that I think for different stories I can do different sorts of things but at the same time it kind of gives me an insecurity but not an insecurity of me against the world it's just like I don't really know how to necessarily present myself like it's a body of work and there's something about it that unifies things Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like how would I explain this to somebody you know if I was going to explain my work to someone who's blind that might be like it would be based on energy I think like mm-hmm. the thing that I focus the most when I'm creating work is making sure that there's a sense of energy and movement I do
0: see that um, I do see that yes and
1: that's the one thing I think that's the one thing that connects it but other than that like I yeah it's tough for me to to, to even I, I don't ever want to do a book that's in the same style as the best kind of mooncake mm.
0: <laughs> That, that'd be sad yeah. also for, for a viewer that will be sad because you know i did really enjoy it <laughs> yeah, again I, I can i can i can be you know hopeful for the next style that you bring in but you're right like you know that probably increases also your employability as an illustrator because now i can but deploy I guess, you for different kinds yeah. of things
1: yeah i mean it might be that maybe i might be less recognizable though to somebody That's like true. if my work is on a bookshelf might true. be less recognizable so i don't really know but I'm working on my second book right now I didn't write that one Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm scared that it's going to turn out like the best kind of mooncake in terms of illustration style only because that is such hard work and I want to find an
0: easier way to do it to do it right no but uh, you know uh, and again for me as well the the two books that are coming out uh, we'll be starting work in Jan next year
2: Mm-hmm.
0: the illustration style would be very different uh, even more so mm-hmm. because you know the challenge that i've been given by the publisher uh, uh, because they wanted a certain look and feel for this whole thing which is you know i am mm. only allowed to use two colors for this entire thing
1: wow yeah,
0: exactly so oh be...
1: i have a book recommendation for you then okay okay it's called pink is for boys Oh I, have I have oh I have that i have that i have you yeah. haven't yeah like you can see that they use very limited colors mm. as well for each page right and i think it's wonderful uh, they do have more colors because they have different exactly. skin tones and stuff but this is a great bouncing off point that i've been looking at for my
0: other book that i'm working on right now Wait, are you also into collecting a lot of children's books i am i'm hugely of course. Into yeah of course I, I, that's I, how i, I learn Exactly. And I'm, you know, running out of space in my house slowly to <laughs> keep those books. But then, yeah, I, I still, I, I don't want to stop anytime soon because I, I told you, right? Like yeah. a picture book for me has to be a, like a hard copy. I cannot do a Kindle because it won't do justice to the whole yeah. thing. Um, So, yeah, that, that's Agreed. it.
2: All
0: right. Perfect. So, uh, you know, let's talk a little about your um, toy designing. I, I know we were supposed to discuss mm-hmm. that and we discussed everything else with that. Um, <laughs> so how did you get into toy designing what do you do where do you work what are the things that you have to do any toys that you have mm-hmm. made which we may know of
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah a lot of questions
1: yeah so i work for mattel for those mm. of you out there who don't oh. know mattel is they're the company that works on barbie hot wheels poly
0: pocket dude everybody uh, knows mattel yes yeah.
1: <laughs> and Hello. uno they have uno Magic yes
0: I, I grew yeah. up on, like so, I still have so many toys which have that metal thing like at the bottom of the the figure or whatever. Of course. You work I never there? noticed. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah,
1: so I work for them and I work on dolls design. So I work in specifically licensed toys. Mm-hmm. So that means that I work with animators and mm-hmm. specific movies or studios to make oh, nice. toys for those. So um I just this is now my one and a half year mark working mm-hmm. at this company um and so none of my products have made it to shelf yet They're gearing up for the coming fall I think nice. or the and there's one coming spring um this part is no longer NDA but Mattel achieved the um, rights to Disney Princess again
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so I worked on, all of the Disney princess dolls that are going to come out soon. So you will see those very soon. Can't share what they look like yet, but when when I can, I will be posting them. It was so much fun. Um, I got to work on, um, I got to work with DreamWorks as well for another mm-hmm. movie that's coming out. I'm currently working with Disney. Um, I worked on Karma's World, It's a TV show that Ludacris um, mm-hmm. produced. Mm -hmm. super fun um and so how I got this job during my time at RISD RISD is an amazing school with great connections Mm -hmm. there was a career website and -hmm. I just went on there I had no idea what to do with my degree all all I knew the paths were uh, character design for animation which is hard work tough competition and I don't know if I want to work hard like that (laughs) and then the other option is um children's books and i already signed a deal for that Um, but i didn't know you know and that's not going to pay my bills it's also not going to keep me in the u.s um and i'm paid a lot better in the u.s and if i went back to china they were offering me like less than what a bubble tea shop person makes.
2: what
1: In in an IP company, too. So that was very unfortunate. And I was honestly offended. But I understand that that's the standard. Um, So I I really wanted to stay in the US. Um, And so I was just looking at all these companies that were connecting with my college, and who was accepting people from what major um for example like I can't apply to a landscape architecture company Mm -hmm. right I don't have skill set and I I wasn't even sure who was accepting and then I saw Mattel I was like that name sounds really familiar and they're accepting illustration students so I just sent my portfolio and my resume through the career website and then I went to sleep that night I was like okay whatever Mm -hmm. and then um I got reached out by them they were doing they were coming to New York to do Mm -hmm. a toy fair um, in a couple weeks. And in Rhode Island, you can take a train up to New York in like mm-hmm. three hours, I think. So they paid for that trip. I went up there. And I think, honestly, the reason why I got the job, it's not just because my skill set, because all of my classmates are incredible, incredible mm-hmm. people. And I'm sure that every person who applies is also super talented and really good at what they do and I didn't even study toys there are people who study yeah. how to design toys I didn't know how to do any of that so I showed up at New York Toy Fair and I met all of these people who would eventually become my co-workers
2: nice. and I think
1: what really got me the job is because when you're working at a company like you would know you work in corporate you're not just you're not just someone who works for them you're also someone who works with them
2: Ooh, exactly. so you're
1: also to be someone who you know they can have a conversation with Mm -hmm. and I just had a really good time with them Um, and so I think honestly that's kind of what got me there and also just my artwork I guess I know that they were looking for someone who knew how to draw well so I guess I guess I could draw (laughs) um yeah and ever since then I've been having a really good time people who work there are incredible they're Mm -hmm. really fun genuinely really kind um yeah I'm really looking forward to when I can share the process of I, these works without getting... So, so, fired. The,
0: so for example... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's say these uh, toys that you're making, let's say the Disney Princess or, uh, you know, even uh, Karma's Life, uh, that also would be a toy, is it? Like, uh, I know it's a musical... Yes. Uh, but it's, got, it's also going to be a toy. Wow, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. But, but yeah, do these so, toys have, like, your mm-hmm. um, style on them, or is it, like... Uh, they have to look the way they looked in the, you know, in the movie Mm -hmm. or in the whatever.
1: Yeah. So it depends on the licensor. So Mm -hmm. with Disney, they're a little bit more strict. Um, And typically, so, you know, like a Barbie sized doll, Mm -hmm. those are called fashion dolls Mm
2: -hmm. because Mm -hmm.
1: they're bigger and they can wear like soft clothing. So you can buy real like clothing for them. Right. And you can change their clothes. And that's how you play with these kind of dolls. Versus small dolls, which are like Mm. three and a half inches. They tend to be fully molded. They have like Mm. plastic hair and everything. Mm. Um, So I prefer small dolls because that means they can have like a house and the house doesn't cost like $700, right? Right. Like Barbie dream houses. I never had any of those as a kid. I didn't like the way they looked, but also they were so expensive and they're massive because the doll Mm. is really big. I really like small dolls because I like the houses and the furniture and like the fact that you can collect all of them Mm -hmm. um and with so that's the kind of stuff that i do and because typically when a license starts with a toy company they want the fashion doll so Mm -hmm. karma has a fashion doll the disney princesses also have fashion dolls and those are iconic
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: but then you have the smaller dolls which i got to do and it is stylized because it's mm, it looks nice. completely different and the way that they move has to be different as well right mm.
2: um
1: and so it kind of is i wonder if you guys will be able to see my style in those because i got to design everything about them i drew the character turnaround. and i got to work with amazing sculptors and tell they're wow. so good at what they do. Let me tell you, I am very excited for the little brown girls out there in the world because Princess Jasmine, Pocahontas, Tiana, they look so beautiful. Our sculptors did an amazing job. And honestly, like some other toys out there of women of color look really bad i think like they look mm-hmm. kind of like racist caricatures
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think that this year we did an amazing job on these ladies and i'm really excited for the world to get to see them and i hope maybe you guys can see my style in it but of course it's still according to disney standards and yeah, what they need in their characters but yeah and you know they have slightly chunkier legs and slightly chunkier arms because i think we're done having super skinny yeah yeah, anyway.
0: yeah yeah yeah, that's <laughs> so cool. I, I'd, I'd love to buy them I, I i honestly will uh the stylized one not the fashion one because uh, i think i'm looking forward to yeah. that a little more so whenever that comes out i'll of course uh get to know from your page i'll, I'll definitely get that one perfect all right so uh paul when are you coming to india to have gobi manchurian with us
1: my gosh i hope soon i would love to come to india ah yeah.
0: So we'll we'll have to meet up and I'll take you around. Oh, yeah. So your pickle tasting yeah. tour as well, right? So that, that was there. So what's the story behind that?
1: I just love pickles. I really like sour food. And mm-hmm. I just, I think it's such a beautiful testament to human survival and the way that we've historically been able to stretch oh, out the longevity yeah, yeah, of yeah. food for so long. And it's such like it's romantic and beautiful in that way. And it's mm-hmm. delicious. Um. So I would love to go all around the world and taste what their pickles taste like. For example, I think I really like American, like sour, spicy pickles. Mm-hmm. And then also Chinese pickles are very different because a lot of them are not sour. Mm-hmm. And then you also, I love sauerkraut, German sauerkraut. I love right. Japanese pickles. I love kimchi. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited right now. <laughs> I really like pickles, so I would like to like go everywhere in the world and just experience that and eat the food that is meant to be eaten with mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah so it's really uh, done, done, done for sure So whenever you're coming here so of course the pickles you'll taste here would be very I'm sure very different very extremely spicy something yeah. unnecessarily mm-hmm. spicy but yeah if you're <laughs> okay with your spice then I think I think you should be okay with that as. Well. I
1: look forward to Indo chinese food. I really need to try that chili chicken.
0: I, I will, I will send you right after this thing. I'll send you the link to, uh, yeah. do you cook? Do you generally like to cook?
1: I love cooking. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And lot. do you, do you have like my... a
0: full setup? Like as in, you know, like do yes. you cook on the fire or do you cook on uh, probably an electric something? A fire.
1: fire. Gas okay, stove.
0: Perfect. Um, d- Like it's Good. meant to be, right? Like it's meant to be done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Perfect.
0: perfect. So I'll send you, I, I'll send you the link to chili chicken. Try it out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hope you like it. It'll be very different uh, from what Chinese food is supposed to be, but I'm sure you'll like it. Yeah. Of course, good. Really? So, Perfect. Go I
1: tried working on a cookbook at one point, actually. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I do like cooking and is trying it recipes. One
0: because I've seen it on your uh, page. Is it the one which is to do with the uh, the flower town?
1: Uh, it's called Yummy Hong Kong.
0: I... It's the one right oh, up yeah, above. Yeah, it's there. It's there. It's there. Yeah. It's like there alphabet. There. Ah, yeah. Right. So.
1: Oh, wow. that cookbook is specifically about what Hong Kong cuisine is. And Hong Kong cuisine is very much dictated upon its history of colonization. So, right. You have a lot of canned food, you have condensed milk, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And um, just the fact that, you know, it is what it is. Um, Yeah. I wanted to celebrate that in our, in our restaurants in Hong Kong, the, typical breakfast restaurants where you get like a set meal Mm -hmm. curry is actually a staple in it and i know that curry just means sauce but i know that also elsewhere in the world curry is specifically like a yellow Yellow, saucy curry Ah. right and it's a malaysian curry but it's so okay. good and it's iconic and everyone loves it. So
0: <laughs> the Malaysian curry would have a lot of coconut milk in that, which uh, you know, in yeah. India uh, sweeter not all the curry, yeah, exactly not all the curries would have coconut milk, like very few actually yeah. would have coconut milk because again, coconut milk is not that easily available in most parts of India. Of course, there are coastal regions yeah. where you do get them but yeah that malaysian I, mm-hmm. I i have had that like when i was in bangkok i remember having uh you know uh curry um uh curry with something i don't even remember with what but yeah the curry was very different from how i would have or i would make curry or how i made curry last night yeah. for that matter but yeah the, the illustration the style is <laughs> so different in that yummy hong kong it's very
2: it's, different it's yeah very, oh my God.
0: Uh, it's very urban sketchy sort of a thing uh <laughs> with a lot of color and uh not too much of texture. It. I, I don't think this yeah. work of yours has a lot of texture in it. Which is yeah. very different. Yeah. Is it available somewhere?
1: No, I want to pitch it to a publisher. But my agent oh, okay. is more for children's literature. And mm-hmm. cookbooks are a specific genre. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, I would have to do some extra work for that. And I don't have the bandwidth. Right. I'll have to do it sometime later, but I'm really excited about this project and I would love to move forward with it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right. So, Paul, this has been an amazing conversation. I know this is way too late in the day for you, and that too in the middle of a week. So thank you so much for making out time. Uh, thank you, know, you for I, having me. I, I, I honestly I, I didn't know what to expect when you know you agreed to do this uh, conversation, but I, I had so much fun, especially because we spent me too. as well. Especially when you smoke about food, I will. We can do this
1: this. anytime.
0: Of course, exactly. So I will actually, (laughs) you know, uh, look forward to a lot of recipes from my end. Uh, I will also send you a lot of non-Chinese, like Indian stuff, in case you want to try it if you have some spices. Yes, please. I would love to cook more with Indian food. Okay. Uh, Do you eat a lot of rice? Then I'll give you recipes which will go with rice. Of course, of course,
1: great. of course. God, oh my god that is the oh most beautiful god. type of rice i love long like the super long grain your rice smells rice. so good like i don't think anything compares to it honestly like i love short grain round japanese rice mm-hmm. but also biryani Goddamn, nothing compares
0: okay so the <laughs> listeners i know you could not see her face pearl's face the expressions <laughs> just changed while she explained biryani Okay, yeah, perfect. So I promise yeah. you great biryani and chili chicken on the side, which don't go together by the way, but I'll yes. still make you have it whenever you come I, I'll do it. I, I'm sure you'll get it. And see, the point is it'll not yeah. go like it, it's not eaten together, but I trust promise yeah. me, it'll go together because both taste really good. At the end of the day, if the food is tasting good, I think it's fine. Perfect. I and
1: also I, need to eat mangoes in India. Mangoes. I know that
0: you guys have the best mangoes in the world. I'll tell you what, uh, it may be a little bit. It'll be a little controversial. Okay. Uh, I went to Bangkok in 2020. I had sticky rice with mango. Oh, yeah. Best mango I have ever eaten in my entire Uh life. And I grew up eating mangoes in India. I agree. A lot of Indian mangoes are really good. But Bangkok so far has blown Mm. me away with its, you know, the the most Uh amazing mangoes with that sticky rice. Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: This is good.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God, that, that, that's really good. But yeah, so <laughs> but uh, yeah, so for sure, for sure, uh, you know, when you come, I will meet you and, and I will get the book. So thankfully, it's finally um, uh, available on Amazon India, it will take three weeks to deliver, because I'm sure it's not coming from India, it's probably stopped somewhere outside, but uh, I don't mind uh, waiting for that, because I'll get to finally see it, those 16 spreads that I have been waiting for a long time. All right. Pearl, thank you so much. Uh, lovely conversation. Thank you so much for making our time. Um, I hope we stay in touch. I hope I get to call you again once your next book is out. I'll really, really wait and look forward for that. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for making our time.
1: Yeah, you as well. I look forward to your books. Please share as much information as you do and keep posting your work. It was lovely
0: speaking with you as well. Thank you so much. I loved it. Thank you. Okay, cool. So that was a really, really fun conversation with Pearl. Uh, I will, of course, put her work, uh, you know, the links in the show notes below. So you can go and check that. Uh, I'll uh, link her website as well. So you can, you know, find the book that we spoke about as well. The illustrations that we spoke about are all there on her website. So you can, of course, go and check that. Um, yeah and, and drop by my page as well if you get the chance and uh, yeah I'll see you in a bit with another guest in the paper pencil podcast hopefully we'll get to talk about food again uh, maybe from a different part of the world like cause this is clearly a more of a food podcast than a art podcast but yeah and uh, yeah Instagram don't forget about that do follow our page called paper pencil podcast until then cheers